talking with Dr. Virginia Lowhagen about her newest book, A is for Asian American. We discuss the book's unique layout and how all teachers can use this book to explore the hardships and the joys of the APETA community with their students. If you're interested in purchasing the book, a link is provided in the episode notes. everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of the Building Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have a return guest with me, Dr. Virginia Lohagen. She is a lot of things. <laughs> She's a professor. Um, she is the executive director uh, for the Asian American Education Project, which we talked about in a previous episode. And she's also a children's author. And today I wanted to talk to her about her latest book, which is called A is for Asian American. It's a picture book. And I I just fell in love with it. And we'll talk more about why I fell in love with it in a few minutes. But Virginia, welcome back. I Thank would you. I would love to start by just asking you first, how many children's books have you written? Um, so at this point, I mean, I, I have uh, over 400 titles to my name. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, a lot of the titles, though, are um, <clears throat> with my publisher, um, Sleeping Bear Press. It's owned by Cherry Lake Publishing, and they have a lot of different imprints. So one of the um, imprints is 45th Parallel Press, and that is a... Um, a high low. So the books are aimed for older struggling readers. So I did a lot of nonfiction um, um, series with them. So I would say that that's, that's really what pushed my numbers up. <laughs> um, but I have a lot of different series on, you know, uh, odd jobs, on extreme sports, on um, um, urban myths, on uh, monsters, on uh, DIY stuff. I mean, the, the list goes on. Um, so I have quite a few, um, titles with, with that imprint. And then I've got, um, and then with Sleeping Bear, I've got a lot of my, um, you know, picture books, um, and mostly about Asian American themes. I do, I, I do have a tease for Thor, um, about the Norse gods because I'm really into myths. Um, and then I've got a new book that we'll be coming out with Simon & Schuster, the Paula Wiseman um, books imprint on born reading. So it's an anthology of 20 powerful women who um, basically, you know, were avid readers when they were younger and how books have um, changed their lives. So that's coming out next summer, I believe. Ooh, that sounds awesome. That's right up my alley. I, was, <laughs> I have to get it. Um, so if any of you go on Amazon, like I did to pre-order her latest book, you, you'll see quite a few of the titles that she mentioned, including Thor and some of those other myths as well. Um, so do you have a favorite book? <laughs> yeah, so that, I, you know, I think authors get that question a lot, right? Um, and it's kind of like asking a mother, like, who the favorite kid is, right? Um, in some cases, there might be one. <laughs> um, but... I honestly, my honest answer to that question is it's usually the latest one, you know, so um, so that might be true, too, because, you know, I guess there's always a preference for the youngest child. Right. 
Um, but I, it's always the latest one. So right now, my favorite book is A is for Asian American, which is the book that you have. And that just came out September, um, mid-September, September 15th, I think was a release date. Um, but yeah, that's that that one right now is my favorite one. Um, it's out in the world. It's done. Um, it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, I would say that's my favorite one. But then if you asked me two years ago, it was two, two is for Thor. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you asked me, you know, a year before that, it was Neon, the Chinese New Year Dragon. And before that was Proposed Lucky Chinese New Year and Paper Sun. And the list goes on. So it's like, I, I do think it's it tends to be the latest one, the one that's released. It's the sh- it's shiny, right? It's new and shiny and it's, it's there. Well, this, it, I, I, show, I actually showed this to my husband last night because I said, this is so different from any picture book or even like, and what you would think when you see A is for Asian American, you would think it's just a traditional A is for this, B is for that, but it's so much more. So I want to dive into a couple of things first. One is at the beginning, you have a couple of pages about different, it's the APETA milestone page. And then at the end, you have different concepts and words. And then you also have activities that they can do um, in May, uh, October and May to align with the heritage months. So how did you decide that that's what you wanted to also include in this? So this is a, um, I would say part of the structure of the Sleeping Bear Press alphabet books. So, you know, we, we know that these books are used most often by classroom teachers. Um, so we wanted to ensure that there is front and back matter that was um, educative and um, informative for classroom teachers to use. So that that is inherent in the structure of these books that we include such material. Um, but then, of course, like each author gets I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to pull I'm going to pull the book. Um, you would think that I know it inside and out, but I don't. <laughs> Um, so, you know, then each author gets to decide like what they want to include and, you know, that the content of the material. Um, so I, you know, I, I thought originally I would say that the book was much more of a, um, timeline, like a, uh, you know, a history, but, um, you know, after my editors and I, like, you know, we chatted about it and it's, we also want it to, to be celebratory, especially because it was for, um, you know, more of the um, elementary age readers. Um, so we wanted to also include celebration. So it can't, it was not wholly a historical timeline. Um, so with that, like, you know, I wanted, I knew I wanted some type of timeline, but there's so much history and so much that happens it's it's hard to condense that into one page <laughs> um and so then that's what that's you know how I came up with the milestone so it's like these are like the most important things that and these are also things that haven't really been talked about in the book either so it's kind of additional information um so yeah so that's how the front came about the milestones and then for the back matter um you know I thought it was important to define some words um, so that's, that's where the vocabulary and then to offer some resources, um, and then to kind of amplify Philippine X American history month and, um, APITA history heritage month too. So then I have activities, you know, related to that. So that was just kind of, um, me putting on my teacher hat, I guess, um, like what I thought would be the most, um, pertinent to teachers using this book. 
So to me, this is actually two books and I hope everybody goes and buys it so they can actually see what I'm talking about because it's the picture book. So uh, again, you know, the, the A is for B is for and so on. But then you have these sidebars that again, I think you probably put your teacher hat on at this point that give so much background. So um, I'm going to pull my book out as well so I can, I can give an example um, because I want to get this correct. So the B is for beautiful country. By building the railroads, Chinese workers opened the West. Yet they had to fight to stay and not be seen as unwanted guests. And then on the sidebar, it actually talks about Chinese immigrants and their work that they did, either building the Transcontinental Railroad or mining for gold. And so how do you see this book being used in a classroom in with that piece? So, um, I mean, and again, I think it is a... Uh instructional book in a way, you know, so for younger readers, um, you know, the poems might be enough. And then the informational text provides information for the teacher to teach, right? Whereas for older readers, of course, you can read the whole thing, the poems and the um, the informational text, um, or they can read it themselves. Um, so I think that that's kind of the 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 um the cool thing about these alphabet books is that they can be used for all ages they're you know they're um informative and accessible and etc um but it, you know i mean I, it's really to combine but and this is again the structure of the sleeping bear press um alphabet books but the, which combines poems with informational text but it also again just provides more information um you know the poems are a way of an invitation to learning um, but they don't tell the whole story. So, you know, that's the attempt with the informational text to tell more of the story. But then again, it's like, it's still, there's only so much. I mean, I struggled with, um, just having to put content down to 200 words. Um, so, you know, it is, uh, you know, still, it's always still an invitation to learn more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that we, the idea is to that it doesn't have to be read from A to Z. So it's like if teachers are teaching various um, lessons, et cetera, they can they can focus on the letter that makes sense to that specific lesson. Well, and what's great is it really goes across the whole APITA spectrum. Uh, I wouldn't say every country is probably right represented, but there are quite a few. And there's there's a lot of things that I that I learned, like why is for Yahoo. And I did not know it was co-founded by a Taiwanese American. I mean, that yeah. that was something like I learned yesterday at 51 years old. That <laughs> now five and six-year-olds can have that fact and just learn more about, about that. I mean, again, just there's so many unrecognized Asian Americans that you bring into the book. Is there anybody in there in particular that, you thought I have to have this person. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, of course, Patsy Mink. I'm in love with Patsy Mink. Um, so, you know, I had to have her. Bruce Lee, of course, you know. Um, and we definitely wanted to have uh, the Queen of Hawaii. And, you know, and representation is always a struggle and a necessity. So it's like with Apita, um category, you know, there's so many uh, ethnicities that are represented. So 
I really tried to make sure that everyone was included, but you still have, um, I, I mean, it's still hard to have like equal representation for all groups. Um, and especially since, you know, a lot of early Asian American history was tied to um, the Chinese immigration and Chinese exclusion laws and et cetera. So um, there tends, there does tend to be more of a, uh, the balance toward East Asian. Um, but I really tried to also include Southeast. I mean, that was something that like I thought about. I was like, okay, I need to have South Asians represented. I need to have Pacific Islanders represented. I need to have, um, um, you know, uh, other groups represented. So, but that that's the challenge of working in this space. Um, it would be lovely to be able to do separate books. <laughs> but unfortunately that we don't always get the opportunity to do that. So, um, but yeah, that's always a challenge to try to fit in everybody's um, <clears throat> narratives, et cetera. Um, but you, you know, you, the question was like, is there anybody that I had to have represented? Um, gosh, you know, it's like, I just felt like there was so much that I wanted to include and um, either, and we tried it in different ways. Like we tried to either like, you know, put lists, like list out some names or we tried to um, you know, include it in the illustrations or, you know, whatnot, but it's always hard. You're going to miss some people. Um, but like I, you know, like I mentioned, some of my heroes are, you know, Patsy Mink and um, Bruce Lee and, um, you know, some stories that I definitely wanted to uh, make sure that were included is I definitely wanted our history, you know, like the bit of historical um, um, tidbits. I wanted that to be, you know, the Japanese incarceration. We have to talk about that. Um, you know, and Boba Tea, you know, just because that's such a <laughs> that the that's such a you know popular um thing, and of course K-pop. I mean, there was also this um question with K-pop too and anime, um, which you know both take up a, a spread. But it's like how because those are Asian, right? I mean, from Japan and Korea, respectively, South Korea. Um, so they're Asian. So then, you know, there was, I, I did have to think like, well, you know, is it, should I include it in an Asian American and Pacific under book? Um, but I decided obviously, cause it made it, <laughs> but I decided yes, because they're, they mean a lot to the Asian, Asian American communities here. Um, but I do, you know, I do really uh, make effort, um, and you can see in the pages, like I, I say that they're, they're from Asia, you know, so it's like, I'm not trying to say that they're American inventions because they're not, um, they're from Asia, but I wanted to bring out like how the Asian American communities, um, popularized and endorsed and embraced, um, those concepts. And you brought up why, before I forget, you brought up wise for uh, Yahoo. And I just wanted to bring up, I actually had the chance last week, in fact, to meet Jerry Yang. So I was really excited about that. And I told him, I was like, I wrote about you in my book. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of cool too. And like folks like Lisa Yang, you know, I've had an opportunity, Lisa Ling, I've had an opportunity to meet Lisa Ling. So, you know, that's really cool when I'm able to, um, you know, see the people uh, that you write about. So. No, I, that's awesome. I'm glad that he could find out that like, he's in a picture book for why we talked <laughs> about Yahoo. And now, like I said, there'll be grade school age children learning that fact that I just learned yesterday, <laughs> um, which is again, part of, I think what you're trying to do with all of your different projects is really bringing this out to the public 
there's there's so much that we don't know about the Apita community and there's it's it's a growing community it's an important community uh it's made um so I do think your the work that you're doing is so important right now and I the one question I did have was a kind of about the anime and the cape and the k-pop but do you think that even though they're front, you know, you said it's important to the Asian American community. Do you feel like things like that are are a bridge with like the typical white or black American, you know, teen maybe with how they could sure. start learning more about Apita, the Apita community? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I I dare you to find somebody right now like that doesn't know BTS, right? I mean, they're everywhere. Um, so I think absolutely that it is a it serves as a bridge. Um, and you know, you don't have to be a PETA to appreciate K-pop. Um, and you know, a lot I know a lot of people who aren't a PETA that like K-pop. So um, I absolutely think that it is a um, a bridge, but it's also, you know, and I think it's also good to see um, Asian, you know, if, like other Asian American or Asian things um, in the mainstream, you know, so um, I mean, that's kind of the goal, right, is to um, not be othered. Um, and to be integrated and to, you know, have as much, um, to have as much um, amplification and support and funding and resources, et cetera, as other groups too. So I think, you know, this notion of being mainstream is important. Um, I, what I believe is that, um, you know, for example, I know, I mean, we all, I, I'm a teacher, I was a former teacher, classroom teacher myself, and I'm still a teacher now at the university level. Um, but I do think that um, I, I know that APETA history and APETA culture, et cetera, gets taught <clears throat> at certain times of the year. Lunar New Year, um, you know, May, APETA Month, October, Philippine, American History Month, et cetera. Um, but my position is that it should really be taught all year. So that's what I mean by being mainstream. Like, it's not something that it should be extra or um you know like included like or you know just kind of added on it should be included um especially when we're thinking teaching about american history you know like if you're teaching about the civil war etc asian americans were there in the civil war you know as were other perspectives you you know you've got women perspectives african-american perspectives etc indigenous perspectives but these often not don't do not get included in the curriculum, even though they were there. So that's kind of my goal. Um, so when I say being mainstream, that's what I mean. Like it should just be included and not just an add-on. Um, so, you know, that that would be the ultimate goal of curriculum and these books, et cetera. Um, up to is like, I just want to note the dedication. So that was also very intentional. So this book is actually dedicated. I dedicated this book to all the students faculty, staff, and community members who have supported SDSU's APITA Center. So I have the privilege of being the inaugural um, director of the San Diego State University's um, Asian Pacific Underdays, the American Center. And this book actually came about about the same time that that was being, that center, our center was being developed. So it just made sense to me to, um, to dedicate it to them. And plus, because this is the future, this is the generation that I wish would have had a book like mine. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it just made sense for me to 
think about them in terms of writing this book, but also all the other, you know, students that I've taught, both the PETA students and non-PETA students, because I think that's, um, you know, that we should be, that these books should be shared um, with all students, um, not just, you know, students who identify as a PETA. I absolutely agree. And you did, you are, now you're able to give this to all of your students so that they can share it with either if they're, if they are teachers with, with their classrooms, but then also with their own children as well. Is there anybody that you didn't put in this book that you want to write a book about? Like anyone else that interests you? Oh gosh. So, um, I mean, always you make decisions as an author, um, you have to cut, um, you know, cause you can't write everything. And the first draft always looks significantly different from the last, um, from the final. So even I go through this and I read it and I'm still like, Oh, I wish I had done that. I, it's like, it never ends. You just have to decide to stop. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are lots of things that I think, um, you know, I wanted to include that for various reasons had to be cut mainly for, you know, space and time. Like we just didn't have the space and time to cover everything. Um, I'm trying to think like, what are, you know, nothing specific comes to mind right now, just because, um, there's been so many changes. And I think the things that I like had to have, you know, are in here. So I don't feel like my heart's not broken. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, like that wasn't, that didn't make it. Um, but uh, so I think everything I wanted to make it, it has made it. Um, but I, you know, I would say like maybe, uh, okay, okay, I'll say this. I can't think of anything specific, but I will say that um, something that I, you know, want to um, uh, include more of is hard history. You know, so um, there with the goal of this book, especially because it's a picture book geared for younger readers, we really want it to be both historical, informative and um, celebratory. Um, but that means so a lot of the hard history, you know, um, um, we we kind of, you know, saved for another day. <laughs> um, they're not going anywhere like it's it's still there in my mind to you know, figure out what to do with. Um, but you know, we have, yeah, we have a lot of hard history, honest history that happened. Um, and you know, like the, the murder of Vincent Chin and, um, you know, the hate crimes and the, um, how early Asian American immigrants were driven out of, um, towns and, you know, and today's anti-Asian hate. I mean, like there's hard history, um, so I wanted to, you know, find another place for that because this wasn't the format for it. But, you know, those are things that I think um, the big if I can think of something big that got removed, that was probably it. Um, and but I also and the reason why, um, you know, I pivoted in that way, too, is because I do at the same time, that I think that hard history needs to be um, presented and taught and learned. I also think that we need to have opportunities for our PETA joy. And we also need to celebrate, you know, um, what it means to be a PETA. So it can't always, it can't be all hard history and it can't be all oppressive and, and, um, you know, all about the struggle. We need celebrations and we have, you know, a lot of that in our culture as well. So, um, I think it's, we, I really tried to strike a balance you know, between the hard history and the, um, the, the joy and what's appropriate for this age group. 
Um, but I want to note too, that it's not a, I tried really hard to not like brush over, um, you know, struggles and oppression, but, um, you know, that's, that's for a different book. That's for a different book. Well, I think you did a great job. I love it because there is that history piece. There's a cult, there's the cultural piece. There's like pop culture. Cause I would divide that because there's also like this celebratory, like family dynamic. That's also in there that, that you talk about and celebrations and joy. Um, it's my new favorite book. I will tell you that I, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm going to make sure that there's a link um, to the Amazon page that has your book so that people can buy it for their classroom, for people for Christmas, for whoever, um, because it real it really is such an interesting book. And I think everybody will love it. Oh, great. Thank you. 